You're listening to College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. I have a question for you. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the college recruiting process? You have come to the right place. Jill will bring you expert tips and interviews with special guests to help you take a deep breath and know, yes, you are moving in the right direction to find your college team. After this podcast, don't forget to head to Jill's shop page to purchase her two guidebooks that will make everything in college recruiting much more clear and simple. Let's get started. Welcome back to College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. That's me. Today's topic is scholarships. Will this happen for me? So this is going to be kind of a brief, um, over, quick overview um, in regards to scholarships. And hopefully it'll encourage some of you to understanding uh, what it's going to take to potentially uh, shoot for an athletic scholarship. But we're also going to talk a little bit about academic scholarships too. So will this happen for me? Well... That title is there because the honest truth is nobody knows. So when you're looking ahead to getting recruited and you see other people getting these athletic scholarship offers, um, just remind yourself to just take it one step at a time because there is a lot involved in um, getting an offer from a college coach. So the first thing that we ask here at JH Consulting on the first session is, what is your goal? And I can tell you 90% of the time, the girls say Division I scholarship, athletic. And that's great. And it is a really great goal. It is exciting to think that after all the years, especially in the sport of gymnastics, that this could be your reward for all your hard work and effort. So here are some statistics. There are 8 million high school athletes in our country each year, and there are 480,000 student or high schoolers that go on to play college athletics. So you can see that the number is pretty um, challenging to even be a college athlete, let alone receive a, a um, athletic scholarship. So it's an interesting statistic to think about. Also, $2.9 billion are, well, this actual article I got this from was a few years back, but that's um, the number of the amount of money that is involved in athletic scholarships. I would say that that grows every single year, so it's probably much higher and um, the cost of going to college goes up, and that means the athletic departments have to come up and boost their budget to be able to accommodate uh, the same number of athletes on a team that have a scholarship each year if they're going to stay a Division One, for example, sport, depending on how many scholarships they are allowed to have and how many they have at that university. So you can imagine the pressure on these athletic directors um, to continue to grow their bottom line number to keep 
athletics going at their own universities. And I can tell you from experience, I coached at a Pac-12 team for 14 years, and then I went on to coach at a Big West team um, that only, it was Division One, but it only, they only had six athletic scholarships. And every year was a challenge to meet the bottom line number of what was needed financially to give out those scholarships. Uh, obviously, for gymnastics at that school, it was Cal State Fullerton. Um, they didn't, they were not fully funded, even though we competed Division One. Um, but typically, there are 12 scholarships per team for the Division One teams in gymnastics. And they usually give out about three a year. For the Division Two teams, there are six scholarships, and they can uh, break them up. So they can give a little bit to each person. They call the Division One fully funded schools like gymnastics uh, a headcount sport. So that just means 12 girls on the gymnastics teams that are fully funded all have full athletic scholarships. So if there's, you know, 15 girls on the team, only 12 are receiving athletic money, but they're full tuition, fees, books, room, and board. Um, Division three, they have zero athletic scholarships. They do, of course, offer academic uh, money at those universities. So, um, you know, they compete and have their own conferences and all of that, but everybody uh, is either paying for college or on an academic scholarship. So that's how it works out differently. Now, in some sports uh, like uh, acrobatics and tumbling, swimming, diving, water polo, track and field, baseball, wrestling, lacrosse, those sports typically have partial scholarships, even at Division One, and for athletics. Um, football, basketball, volleyball, and gymnastics are considered headcount sports. So those programs, each of the athlete who's offered a position on the team with an athletic scholarship get the, the full amount, tuition, fees, books, room, and board. So that's how that works. Um, so let's get back to the question, scholarships. Will this happen for you? Um, the honest truth is, like I said, nobody knows for sure until you get an offer. But depending on the sport that you are in, you will need to achieve specific standards to even have an option. So I'll use gymnastics because that's our main sport here at JH Consulting. You'll have to have the skills, the scores, and the videos to prove yourself from training and competition. And typically, you'd have to be a minimum level 10 gymnast. Number two, good academic standards. Obviously, you have to meet the NCAA standards, and then you would have to meet the university that may want to offer you a scholarship, their academic standards and test scores and GPAs, if that's what they're still asking for. Number three, the compatibility with the team and coaches. So personality would be the third top you know, out of 
the most important things, those are the top three. So skill scores, videos to prove yourself. So your physical side of everything that you do in your sport has to be proven. Can't just be written down like I do this, I do that, but you have to be able to prove it and you have to be able to compete at the level that they need. And you're typically a minimum of a level 10. Number two, good academic standards. Most gymnasts have no problem with that. And then number three, compatibility with the team and coaches. So once they get to know you, then they decide, is this gonna be a good fit for their team? All right, now the other big factor to being considered for an athletic scholarship is going to be timing. The timing is crucial. So right out of the gate, June 15th, after your sophomore year in the sport of gymnastics, college coaches can technically um, start making phone calls and technically make offers over the phone. So the faster you get at the school's level um, that they need on their team, athletically, the more scholarships will be available. So timing is key. And each sport has their own timing. So for example, in gymnastics, we know there's 80 plus teams that have women's gymnastics and probably the top 35 to 40 are gonna come out of the gate making verbal offers by maybe fall of the junior year, somewhere in that junior year, but some will be earlier than others. Um, the other uh, you know, item we see is if in each school typically has about three scholarships to give out athletically per year if they have them. And they may give out two right away and then they may hold off on one. You do see that sometimes. But every sport again is different. They all have different rules. They have different timing on when they're allowed to speak to athletes. Um, and they just have different patterns on how they look for athletes and the timing of when they make verbal offers. And then uh, coaches have their own personal timing on how they like to do that as well. So if it looks like a scholarship athletically may not happen for you, I want you to not be discouraged. I want you to look back on all your hard work and realize that having an opportunity to be a part of a team is incredible. Yes, of course, I get it. Being able to say I earned an athletic scholarship for all this time um, is, uh, is icing on the cake at, at the end of, you know, or when you get to that point, of course, who wouldn't? Um, but I feel like there is definitely a sense that it's a step down to be looking at division two or three sometimes. And I can honestly tell you that once we get our clients who we know they've missed the boat on an athletic scholarship, and once we get them on these D2 and D3 campuses, they fall in love. And of course, in the D2, you can earn a partial athletic and merge that with an academic to get the fuller package. Or you go to a D3 campus and you realize, oh my gosh, I can make the lineup. This is uh, a great school for me. I like the head coach. Academically, it's the right fit. 
and then you see these kids just light up. So do not see yourself as second fiddle to a division one athletic scholarship athlete. The other option, like I said, is possibly being a walk-on and you are gonna be treated the same as a scholarship athlete. Once you report and you're on that team and you've been asked to walk on to that team, that means um, you will be paying for tuition fees, books, room, and board, or your parents will, or an academic scholarship will. You are on that team and treated like everybody else, and you have just as much right to make the lineup and become an All-American, become a national champion. I've seen it happen before. I remember one of our athletes at Oregon State University who was a walk-on became um, a, um, she placed on vault and she, you know, earned, um, uh, I believe she was um, top eight in the country on vault and she was a walk-on at Oregon State University. So she became an All-American, which is incredible. And she did not have an athletic scholarship. She was treated exactly the same. She had the talent on one event and she was very consistent. And so when we got to nationals, she um, achieved what, you know, nobody knew she wasn't on an athletic scholarship except for uh, probably us and our team. And she actually earned an athletic scholarship after that year, of course. But um, I think there's just really some confusion about not being on an athletic scholarship and maybe being treated like you're not going to make the lineup, you're not going to be treated the same, but it's just not true. So I really wanted to point that out. So these are just some of the things that um, I wanted to share about scholarships. And going back to the question. I say take it one step at a time and be sure you're looking at schools that you have an opportunity to make the lineup. And typically you're gonna see the athletic scholarships um, be first go out to the strongest of all arounders because um, they want the most bang for their buck. So if they can get an athlete that can do all four events to the level of their team and their needs, that's where you're gonna see the athletic scholarships go first. But I can tell you what event these college coaches are really looking for. And sometimes they will make, you know, if you're strong on two events, if one of them's vault and you have a 10 star value vault, that can really bump you up in opportunities for athletic scholarships because they are hard to find. So thanks for joining me here at College Recruiting with Jill Hitt. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. If you're interested in Jill Hicks Consulting's advising services, head over to www.jhicksconsulting.com and click on the Get Started button to fill out your forms page. 
one of our advisors will give you a call. We're in your corner, and we'll talk to you soon.